All right, so hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we are here today for another session of The Reviews, which is where we take a look at a new game. And joining me today for the first time ever in the capacity mm -hmm. of a reviewer, mm -hmm. at least for our channel, is also Michael. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. It's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to get old very fast, Dr. No, Doctor. not at all. <laughs> yeah. It's been very clear for a while. We have become free league stands here on the Academy. Oh, for it was sure. sort of kick, kicked off by Tom. I have quickly also fallen in love with pretty much every game of free leagues that I've had the opportunity to look at, review, mm -hmm. or play. Mm -hmm. uh, but one thing that has just been completely off of my radar is Morkborg. I've heard of it. Obviously, you can't be on TTRPG Twitter and not have references to it. But it didn't really appeal to me. The artwork wasn't something that, that drew me in. Mm -hmm. And what little I did know about it is like, I don't, I don't think that's for me. But you had the opportunity to take a look at it. And we're here today to talk a little bit about what you thought. Uh, so there's also a written review uh, that will also be attached to this post if someone yeah. would rather read it or wants to also read it. So we're going to start big picture. Mm -hmm. Give me the elevator pitch. What's Mark Borg? Okay, so... Morkborg is a dark fantasy role-playing game, right? It's created by Occult Ortmaster Games and Stockholm Cartel. Uh, they came up with a concept, they designed the game, and then they took it to Free League, and Free League picked it up for publishing. Okay. In the, in the world of this game, you are basically stepping into the shoes, the boots of a character in a world that is, to put it bluntly, dying. Okay. The world has been prophesied to end, and... All the prophecies so far have been coming true. Now you are, you know, you may be trying to play a character that is trying to stave off this impending doom. You may be playing a character that is trying to profit from it and working mm -hmm. with some of those factions that are kind of pushing toward that kind of apocalyptic end. But it is a very dark, a very brutal, very steeped in uh, it's, it's a game that's very steeped in its inspirations, which which are, you know, doom metal, death metal, black metal, like that, that vibe just permeates through the entire game. Yeah. One of the things that you had written that you could almost hear the guitar licks as you're reading you know, through the book. <laughs> there are sections of the book that, yeah, like I feel like for sure, as someone who is not a fan of those particular genres, I am familiar with them, but not, it's not my, my bag per se. Mm -hmm. uh, I could still really... I got that vibe. Like the book clearly gives that energy as you're reading through the book, all of the artwork, all of the stylistic choices that they made while putting the book together. It all kind of blends into that vibe, that theme of kind of that chaotic, just pounding darkness, just relentless driving forward, just like, just like metal like that, that, you know, you get the the heavy riffs and the heavy drums and, you know, you've got the the screaming, the the bellowing of a lead singer, like that all just kind of, you can feel that vibe when you're looking, when you're going through the materials. And so the book itself is pretty thin. It's like a hundred pages roughly. Yeah, just, just under, I believe. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously we looked at the PDF, we were given uh, digital copies. I don't know the physical copy. I think it's like one of those A5, like more, not a not a pamphlet, but not a full-size book. It's not like a Watsy hardcover. I think it's the no, one no. in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And you said, you know, again, reading through your review, like a lot of this, at least a large chunk at the beginning is all about setup. It's telling you about yeah. the prophecies and all these factions in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, so like maybe 20% of the book right off the bat is just, 
you know, background information to the world. Mm -hmm. And then most of the rest seems to be tables, like a large portion of the rest is tables. So uh, the game very much has that kind of that old school uh, essentials or the old school Renaissance feel to it. Like it very much harkens back to some of the early role-playing games, right? Where so much of the game was driven by sheer dice rolls and random Mm -hmm. tables. And there was much less provided narrative Mm-hmm. And it was a lot more, here are the 12, 8, 20 things that could possibly happen on a roll of a die. And as the game master, you are, here is the sentence we're going to give you as setup. And then the rest of it is kind of up to you to to fill in, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what the content of the book is. In the materials that that Freely provided for us, one of the things they included, I did not cover it in the review, but one of the things they included was actually the initial solo game that turned into Mork Borg. Okay. It's like a three to five page PDF, and it's mostly just text and tables that are literally designed for one person to go through like a randomly generated adventure, making their character Mm -hmm. going through the possible events that could happen you know, it's like a, it's literally like a choose your own adventure, except there's very little narrative and it's mostly, again, structured sentences that just kind of give you an idea of what's going to be happening. Okay. It was a really interesting little piece. It may even be available on the Morkborg site. I I did include a link at the, at the end of the review. If you go out to their site, there is a, a number of free items that are available for content. In fact, there is a free version of the game that is basically text only. So they removed the all of the amazing art pieces and just gave you the the guts, the tables, and some and the history to be able to, to play the game to try it out. Right. So that's out there as well. But yeah, it is. Yeah, if you if you like tables, if you don't like making a lot of like decisions on your own, or you don't like necessarily you want to be kind of held handheld through some of these things, this game is definitely crunchy as hell you had mentioned in your review that it was it also kind of falls under the rules light yeah that's the thing so <laughs> because it's mostly tables like the character sheet for example the character sheet is very simplistic there's four attributes or four uh, four abilities that your character has once you roll the abilities you don't use the rolls anymore you're only using the bonuses right so like the numbers that you roll don't matter at all it's literally mm-hmm. like what Bonuses did you get from those roles? And then those bonuses are what basically you spend the rest of the game. Those four attributes, there are no skills. There are no, there's no skill trees. There are some special abilities and some things you can get, you know, as you play things you can ask for, or some characters get powers, which are basically the Morkborg version of magic. And And there are, again, daily limits to how many powers you can use. You have omens that are available also in some of the advanced rules that are available. The simple character rules, literally you can have a character in less than 15 minutes mm-hmm. and it's, and literally you are ready to go and play the game. That's how, uh, that's how easy it is to generate a character in this system. Uh, the option rules do provide for those people that want to build, uh, want to get a little bit more detailed about the backgrounds of the character, give them more, uh, more in themed, more world themed background pieces and bad Mm -hmm. habits and terrible traits and like there again it's a number of tables that give you a certain number of things you can add to flesh out your character 
But yes, it is very simple. It's very easy to get going. It was refreshing in that point. I didn't have a lot of, there's not so many options that you get, you hit analysis paralysis. Like Mm -hmm. there's literally, uh, you know, it's tables. And if you do decide that you want to handpick things as you go, again, you have only limited options, like your equipment table, your, your weapons table. There's only like eight standard or 10 standard weapons. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And then of course, with your imagination, you can overlay whatever you want, Right. but there's only really 10 standard weapons. There's only 10 standard pieces of armor. The equipment list is basically a, a D 100 roll. And like, and that's how you get certain pieces of equipment. Mm-hmm. Again, it is very dice driven. Okay. So you mentioned again in the review that it's basically a D 20 system though. So it once is, you've generated yep. your stats, if you want to try to jump a pit, it's going to link to one of your attributes. The, D, the yep. DM will set a DC or a target number, TR, uh, whatever it's called. I believe yeah, it's called difficulty rating in this game. Okay. So a DR. DR. I would assume those are probably going to be similar to early D&D, so like 12s, yeah. 15s, and 18s. Well, and like, and you know, the the difficulty, there's a range, there's a table range that's given in the book. And okay. like eight, a difficulty rating of eight is like, if you fail this, like you'll embarrass your entire family. Like okay. this is the simplest thing. A baby could do this. Versus like 18, an 18 difficulty rating is essentially impossible, almost impossible in the system. And again, the attributes go from a negative three to a positive, like a a, a bonus three or a plus right. three. So, you know, depending on how you rolled out one of those four basic abilities, you know, you could be rolling a negative three every time you try and do a particular type of check. Yeah. I also was interested that you said that the the DM doesn't roll. It's all player facing. So there's like a defensive roll. Yep. So there's attack, there's attack rolls and defensive rolls. And the creatures all have basically set stats, set rolls, or set uh, set stats to the creatures, to the creatures and the outcasts. And so when they do things, there is no range that they're going from. They're literally trying to hit, they're trying to beat your defense with whatever their stat is. Mm-hmm. And if... If you fail your defense roll, they hit you. Okay, yeah. I've seen that in some other games. So it's basically, it's it's just like a skill in reverse. Essentially, it's like they're trying to exactly. hit you. You you set the defense based on your abilities or armor and attributes. And if it doesn't exceed, then they hit you. Uh, and I think that's a little interesting. I, again, I'm not super informed about the old school type of games, OSR games, though I certainly started with original D&D and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, I, that's not something that I'm used to because the DM did roll dice back then. So I just mm-hmm. thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Well, and that, again, that goes more to the rules light section of this, where, again, the, the, the person, the game master, is not doing a lot of dice rolling. They're not doing a lot of, they're, they're going to be rolling dice to, again, against random tables to generate things for you to encounter and fight and challenges for you to defeat. But those challenges are set against DR numbers and almost all the dice rolling from a checks perspective is done by the player. Okay. Uh, and no OSR type game would be complete. I don't think without crit fumble tables and crit success tables. So I guess in we roll a one that's bad and rolling twenties is good. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's again, the higher the rules, especially when you're looking at those, those negatives that can go to a negative three, you know, the higher your rolls, the better. So this probably should have came earlier, but my apology that is now asked it. But one of the things I thought was really interesting about your breakdown is again, this is a this is a dark world that you're 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 mid-apocalypse and you're kind of closer to the end of the apocalypse. There's not a lot of time. And there's something about miseries that as you're playing that you can generate a misery. And if you get to seven of those, the game just ends. 
Yeah, no. So um, the way there is a calendar, I believe the word is, uh, is I'm going to try, I'm going to mispronounce this horribly. I believe it's Necrobell. The calendar of Necrobell is a gameplay mechanic that happens. So every time you rest, every time a new dawn breaks, which is funny to say, because in this game, there basically is no daylight. Mm. So dawn, I think it's a state of mind. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, When a new dawn breaks, your game master is going to, uh, the game master rolls a die that the the individual or the party chooses. Like they get to choose the die that is rolled. And when the die is rolled, if that die rolls a one, a misery is generated off the misery table. And the miseries also come with basically how long does that misery last? And in the game world, it can be like up to D 100 years. Like that's, <laughs> wow. again, that's how long you could be dooming the world for as you generate these miseries. No misery can happen twice. Every misery that happens in your particular game is, has to be a unique misery. Okay. And once you get to, if you happen to play long enough where you get to seven miseries, it literally on that seventh misery, the seventh seal is broken. The world straight up ends. The game is over. Your characters die horribly. Like the apocalypse happens, whatever that apocalypse looks like for your particular version of the game world. Yeah, that happens. That's it. The game's over. That is an interesting mechanic. The In the book, it's funny because it says like the world ends, you die, burn your book. <laughs> like I- it's, you know, they, they are not joking around about it. Exactly. Do not collect, go, or do not pass go, do not collect $200. So you also mentioned uh, that there's like um, a, basically a dungeon generator as well. Again, there's lots yeah. of tables and stuff in there, yeah. but you specifically called out that you even created your own dungeon using them just to test it out. And it sounded like it was a pretty interesting setup that you came up with. Again, there are a number of really neat options. The So creatively, again, the while the game is very dark, very very morbid again based on the the source material the inspirations there's a lot of creativity that goes into the things that are on these tables like and so when you're looking at the dungeon generator you got the, the it generates a name it generates unique uh, unique things about this dungeon you can generate it suggests up to 10 random rooms from the tables you can generate what the inhabitants of the dungeon are or what their main inhabitants are is it an active dungeon or an inactive dungeon? Mm-hmm. And if it's inactive, how how long has it been inactive? It's honestly a tool that you could use in so many other games. You know, and it, that's kind of how I looked at it too, is it, it's very, of course, it's set up for Morkborg. It's set up for this type of world. But with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of finagling, a little bit of homebrew, this generator could be used for any game system really to give you a randomized location to adventure in mm-hmm. it's it's a very well-made generator again and that's all you can really ask for in those sorts of things that the, is functional and useful yeah for sure so everything you've said so far sounds very cool you are very <laughs> high on the game i can tell just by the excitement in your voice that all these different tools and things are like cool and fun and you want to yeah, interact yeah. with them but it can't be all roses especially in a world that probably doesn't have roses so what are some <laughs> of the things that hit you either didn't link the way you wanted, or maybe could have been better, just any sort of like critical analysis. So here is the rub. Okay. The rub is that because of the nature of the game, because of the, 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 again, that kind of really gruesome, grim, super grim, dark world that they've created 
to me, this is not a game that you campaign in for long term. This is this game is built to be, I think, like short bursts, short like stories or one shots. Mm-hmm. I think even the the design of the game, because it's so rules light, I think the designers know that you are not your characters are not going to be long lived. Right. Mm-hmm. The nature of the game world is that the world is going to end. That being said, I partially like so I likened it in the review back to kind of Dungeon Crawl Classics, where it's the type of game where the character sheet gives you four character slots to fill in the moment (laughs) you start the game, because they know that you're probably not going to last very long and you're going to want to be able to hop right back in and play with another character because it's so rules light, because the character generation is so easy. If you were to die mid game or mid campaign, you could easily open the book, roll up a new character, pop right back into the game. Like Mm. your game master could introduce you as, Hey, we found this guy hanging out in the cemetery and boom, you're back in. That being said, again, it's not really built. I don't feel for long-term play just based on what I've seen because it's so rules light. It's wonderful that it's so easy to drop into, but it also doesn't really, the world is interesting. The world is varied but it doesn't really give you a lot to sink your teeth into as a player mm-hmm. or i i believe as a game master there's so much weight that is put on the game master to here's the tables make something out of this mm-hmm. whereas so many other systems you know do kind of rely on setting a vast kind of they give you so much to work with as far as here are all the various places you could go and there is certainly a world with geography and places but it's very bare bones in that respect um there are here's a handful of places that are landmarks in this game and again they don't give you a vast world because it's not going to be around that long yeah and i can see that i can see the the appeal of that in certain ways like certain like a convention like a one shot or like even a short term campaign where if you survive and then you don't roll a misery like that's that's exciting in a way that maybe other games aren't. But I'm not probably going to invest in my character and their story and their background the way I would in other characters. And like, are they going to grow? What kind of relationships are they going to have? So I feel like those are very I'm not saying they couldn't be in this game, but it feels like that's not really what this game is going for. So if you're into what this is offering, it is a very good example of this type of game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And I feel like to me, this is a palate cleanser type of game. Like if I'm, if I'm finishing up a campaign in like a system that is, you know, overly again, heroic or light or hero centric, mm-hmm. like this is a good, like quick palate cleanser to be like, Hey, let's play something dark and scary and funky and, and different before we move on to something else. Right. And I think that's also going to be, that's also a drawback of the way the book is designed. This book is is literally it's like 75% object to art <laughs> okay and 25% reference book and i say that because as you page through the book each each page there is there is so much there's so much layered and varied design going on in this book i mean every page catches your eye every page draws you in uh you can see uh, you know, if you're watching this like some of the the graphics behind us like the the page that's behind me, the two pages, that's the weapons table. Mm-hmm. So literally, a, a femur does D4 damage, and if you rolled a one on the D10, that's the weapon you get. Mm. And then the other weapons are on this table. That's one page, one table. And again, in a book that is less than 100 pages, 
there's a lot of pages like that. Right. Where it is, you know, it's a, it's meant to draw you in. It's very themed to what, uh, what it, again, it goes along with the theme of the game. Mm-hmm. Wonderfully. They did, uh, you know, th- they did a wonderful des- job on the design of this game. It fits their themes so well, but as a reference piece, if I need to go back and look things up on certain tables, because of the varied font styles they use, because like every, there are sections that have maybe one font style, but almost every page it's the, the layout is inconsistent. And for a, and for someone who is used to like reference materials, when it comes to role-playing games and TTRPGs, that might make this more difficult for some people, right. because even though it's a very small book, it's a very thin book, finding things couldn't be difficult. So like the the first initial like read through is almost like an experience. Like it's, you know, engaging and exciting. But when you're trying to figure out what this means, it might be difficult to to find that, which, which is good. Well, there's a, you know, the text only version, you know, control F and you can probably get there quicker. But as a reference guide, it does seem like it would be um, difficult to to navigate uh, to say the least. Uh, That's kind of the impression that I got. I mean, Again, the first couple of times I read through the book, uh, most of it, I was spellbound by just how beautiful the book is because it really is, it deserves to be an art book mm-hmm. because of just how well it's designed. And the supplemental materials follow that same track. Like the, you know, uh, Free League did provide us with a couple of the the additional material books and all those books, again, follow that similar format. They are gorgeous to look at and they do contain a good amount of information. But sometimes getting to that information through the art is more difficult than I just need to find. I need to look up this table. Right. I need to look up, you know, what this faction does. Not, you know, as much as I love the art on this page, like I just need, I just want to look up this thing. thing. I want the the thing. Yeah. I want the thing. There, you know, that might be one of the benefits to having an art book version. And again, like just kind of a plain text version that's available on the site because. If you want just the materials, boom, there it is. Yep. So that brings us to basically our overall thoughts. So we we go by a grading system here at the Academy. It goes from C minus, which is the lowest grade we would give something. So if we, if we would grade it less than that, we just don't talk about it. You'll never hear on the show. All the way up to an A plus. So where would this fall for you on, a, on that rating scale? You know, again, because of the type of game that it is, the care and pe- the care that went into the design and the setup the rules light nature of the game. And again, the price, the price, I think it's a, I, th- I believe it's $29.99 for the, the book. Okay. For a rules light game that is designed so well. I feel like that's actually, it's a very good price point. I gave this an A because I feel like for what they are trying to do, for what, you know, for what the publishers did, for what Free League did, for what, um, I'm going to go back and slaughter these names again, for what Occult Ort Mastar and Stockholm Cartel did in putting this together and packaging it the way they did and presenting it the way they did. I think to those people that this type of game would appeal to, this it's it's a perfect package, right? It's beautiful. The content is compelling. I think um, if you are the type of gamer that loves that type of crunch, loves random tables, loves that feel of that uh, that OSR type of gameplay, that old school dungeon crawling type of play, this game would be a perfect fit for you. If you are somebody that I think gets more into the storytelling aspects and into the role-playing aspects and and more into the people at the table making a decision 
as a group versus letting the dice determine every little thing that you do, mm-hmm. this game is not necessarily going to be your cup of tea. And I think that's, that's very fair. Uh, so I will put links in the show notes to free league. Uh, we, we're not affiliated with them. We like their stuff, but we don't get any percentages. Like if you buy through their web store, we do it drive through and there, you can also get the game through drive through for digital uh, references. There's also some other things there. So I'll put a link to both. If you use the drive through link, we will get a small percentage back. If you go through free league directly, we do not, which is fine. We're just trying to make it easy for people to find. So your first review in the books, can we look forward to you doing this again? Was this a fun experience for you or were you stressed out the whole time? I'll be honest, Michael. Um, I was a little stressed. I have recently gotten back into writing in the last couple months, and this is the first like product review I've written, mm-hmm. I think, ever. Oh, okay. Ooh. I've reviewed, like, I reviewed D and D five E for a for a website a number of years ago uh, from a, for a Kotaku like like a community site mm-hmm. years ago, but it wasn't really a review. It was kind of like a you know. I wasn't, I wasn't looking at it as a critical piece of a uh, critical product or in a critical way with a critical eye. Um, so this was a little intense, but it was fun. Thank you to free league for providing yes. us with the materials to, 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 to go through this and provide a, what I believe is a fair and balanced review. My only regret is that I did not get to actually play the game with any, I, you know, I did my review is based on my experience as a gamer over many years and with many different systems and, you know, uh, and what I've read in the materials, I did not get to play. And that is really my only regret. Well, it does have a sample adventure. So perhaps does. we might see this in the future and then we could revise or update if necessary a, a review. Of course, of course. If we get the chance to play the sample adventure, which would be, of course, broadcast on the RPG Academy, yes, uh, then we will come back, or I will come back and update the review with my play experience. Fantastic. Well, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to do such a thorough job. Once again, just thank you to Free League for providing us with the materials to do so. Uh, remember anyone listening, if you have a product that you would like us to review, reach out, you can email me at the RPG Academy at gmail.com. And if you just have something that you think we should look at, it's not something you wrote, but you love a game and you're like, Hey, I would like more people to know about it. Same thing. It doesn't have to be your thing. You can just tag us and say, Hey, here's something I think you should review. And we might buy it. We might reach out to see if we can get a review copy, but we're always interested in reviewing things. And yes, we review all the Watsi stuff because they send me stuff. So of course I'm going to, but, uh, we would love to review other things as well. And so if you can help get things in front of us, more than likely we'll have a chance to review them as well. Uh, and then we will just sign off as we always do. Well, actually, before I do that, sorry, Michael, where, tell people where they can find you and all the cool <laughs> stuff you do besides review stuff on the internet. And then we'll sign off. You know, you can find me, Michael, uh, Michael Waldschler. You can find me on the socials at Loser MLW. Uh, you can see me on the production uh, Smuggler's Blues, which is a redemption tale on the Redemption YouTube channel, uh, which in this case would be youtube.com slash at Smugglers Blues. We started our first online streaming campaign, bringing back our characters from the Redemption podcast into a new adventure that is much grittier, much more focused on the crime syndicates and a little more down to earth, less galaxy spanning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you can also find me currently on the Rook and Rasp channel on Twitch on Wednesdays. Uh, playing in a game called Dragon Age, a time of masks and excuse me, a time of masks and masks daggers and daggers, masks and daggers. Um, uh, we are actually just approaching our final episode uh, for the season. That'll be this coming Wednesday. And then uh, you can catch all those on YouTube as well on uh, our, our back episodes. 
And then you can also hear me on the podcast, uh, Tubular Teens with Titans, which is a Power Rangers inspired audio drama. Um, you can find that on any of your podcatchers. I play the character Pond Vahan, started off in the first season as the main villain and is now the mentor for the superhero team. What a twist. What a twist. <laughs> yes. And okay, occasionally you can be found on the sample adventures as well. You can also hear me on Farm to Fable, uh, at least <laughs> oh, yes. one episode a season. Yeah, that's talking, talking Smallville with our, our friend Michael here. All right. So with that out of the way, we will say when you're if you're having fun when you're having if you're having fun. You're doing it right. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.